0: Welcome to New Life Church Sermons. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect more with us, go to newlifesl.church. Revelation uh, chapter 22, starting at verse 12. These are the words of Jesus, for they're written in red. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Today, I want to talk to us from this subject soon. Look at somebody next to you and say soon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that your spirit is with us in this place We ask, God, that your word, as it goes forth, that it would reach every ear and minister to every heart. Lord God, we ask that you would move in this place, confirm your word with signs following. We ask in the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Give him some praise. You can be seated. The passage we just read from is the final chapter of Scripture, and it is some of the last words that we find recorded in the Bible. Behold I come quickly, my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. We skip on down to verse 20. The second to last verse in scripture. And there are four words recorded in this verse 20 that are written in red. Surely I come quickly. John is buttoning up this last part of this book that he is writing, The Revelation of Jesus Christ, and he inserts in just the last few words of the inspired word of God, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And that is it. That is the final portion of Scripture. And in the final portion of Scripture, we read a warning. We read this admonishment from the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Almighty, whose name is Jesus Christ, this warning, this admonishment to all who read it. He said there is a blessing to those who read the words of this prophecy, the book of Revelation. There is a blessing to them that read it and adhere to it. And so part of this blessing is this warning, surely I come Quickly. But it's not just a warning. It's not just an admonishment. It's also a promise. The warning, the admonishment, the words of advice, the last piece of advice Jesus leaves humanity in his. Forever settled word of God is surely I come quickly. In fact, that is the last promise you read about in Scripture. The last promise. Referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, starting at verse 29. Jesus is speaking to his disciples in this uh, Olivet Discourse, as it is known. And in verse 29, he says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect, his chosen, from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. And then in verse 42 of this same chapter, he gives his disciples a warning, and all who read this a warning, watch. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. There is a common theme in the chapter we opened with in our text, and in Matthew 24, and in several other places in Scripture, even a warning that Jesus made to his disciples before he was betrayed in the garden, and it all involves this, watch, pray, prepare. Watch for that hour, because even though you know it is coming, You don't know the day it's coming. So although you can take it to the bank that it is coming, you still need to watch for the day that it comes. So watch, pray, be prepared. And this last promise that Jesus leaves humanity is, I am coming quickly. So watch, Pray and be prepared. He leaves a parable with his disciples and all readers of Scripture in Matthew 25 about the uh, ten virgins. Ten Virgins, five who were prepared, five who were unprepared. It's not just enough to watch and pray, but we also must be prepared. However, if we are watching and sincerely praying, then the result of that is we will be prepared for when he Comes. So in this hour that we are living, we know that Jesus is coming soon. We just don't know what soon means. Soon could be next week, soon could be next month, soon could be 25 years from now. But regardless of the measurement of time, we know that that Day is coming, and when that day comes, will we be prepared? I ask you today, are you watching? Is there a thought that m- runs through your mind occasionally, hopefully more frequently than not, that you look up in the sky and think, is today that I know I have a promise from you, Jesus, that you're coming back, but I'm watching and I'm praying and I'm preparing because I don't know when that hour is coming, but when that hour comes, I want to be prepared. There is no grudge in my heart worth holding on to because when that day comes, I want to be prepared. There is no my own personal interpretation of Scripture that is worth holding on to. I need to make sure I know the truth. I need to make sure that I have bought the truth and I will not sell it because that day is coming. And when that day comes, I want to be prepared. Look at the person next to you and ask, are you prepared? Are you ready for when you look up and see the Son of Man coming in the clouds? For in fact, that will be a visible thing. That is not just poetic expression, but you will look up and see Jesus coming in the clouds. And when you see that, will you be prepared? So even though that hour is coming, we don't know when it's coming. So we prepare for when it comes by watching and praying. Watching over our soul, watching over our family, praying over our soul, praying. Over our family. And as we get closer to that coming, our prayer needs to be more persistent. God, whatever you have to do to make sure I'm saved, do it. Whatever you have to do to my family to see them saved, do it. However, you have to break me down. Break me down. For there is nothing in this world worth losing my soul over. Soon you will see Jesus coming back for his church, his chosen, his elect. And if you choose him today, if you choose his way, if you choose this word, if you choose Jesus and obey the word and watch and pray and prepare, when it's time for him to come back for his chosen You can be a part of that group. But we must watch, pray, and prepare. Look at somebody and say, watch. Say, pray. Prepare. Jesus is coming quickly. Jesus said he is coming quickly. But that word quickly in our text does not mean in measurement of time. So it does, for those who would become skeptical of the second coming of Jesus, allow me to address that today. For that word quickly does not mean in measurement of time, but in the nature in which it happens. It, when Jesus said, I am coming quickly, he is not saying in the next couple of months I will return. But he is giving us a promise that he is coming, and when he does come, it will be quickly. It will be suddenly. It will be swiftly. He has given us plenty of time to prepare for that suddenly moment. It is not in measurement of time, but in the nature in which that promise is fulfilled, because when it Happens, it happens quickly. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 4. Peter is addressing a, a group of people who become skeptical. Of this second coming and they are filled with their desires of their own lusts walking after the deceitful delusions of their own mind and they begin to scoff at this last promise in Scripture and they say where is the promise of his coming the problem with that group of people is that they fail to understand something about Jesus. He always fulfills his promises. I said, He always fulfills his promises. And one of the most important promises in all of Scripture is surely I come. Quickly, not in measurement of time, but when this promise of my coming is fulfilled, it happens suddenly. So watch, pray, and prepare. But this second coming of Jesus is, in fact, a promise, and Jesus always keeps his promises. In the last Promise of Scripture, although it has not yet been fulfilled, it will be fulfilled. Because we have an entire Bible of promises fulfilled. And the last promise in Scripture to be fulfilled has not yet come. But when it comes, it will come quickly. Quickly because it is a promise from God. However, there are multiple examples throughout Scripture of the promises of God. And he will make a person a promise. He will make humanity a promise. And then time goes on. And it seems like the promise will not be fulfilled because time has moved on. And life has clouded the minds of those waiting for the fulfillment of this promise. One popular example is Abraham and Sarah. God made them a promise that he would make of them a great nation and that they would have a son. And 25 years passed from promise given to promise fulfilled. And many times they wavered. Abram and Sarah wavered from the path of the promise to try to fulfill the promise according to their own plans. And that was not the will of God. And for 25 years, Abraham and Sarah waited for this promise. A quarter of a century, they waited for this promise to be fulfilled. And then one day... Suddenly, Sarah conceived and was with child, and they would name him Isaac. For 400 years, the Israelites were slaves in the land of Egypt, in bondage, in captivity to these taskmasters, the Egyptians. But yet, it was a promise from God to Abraham hundreds of years before, that even though Israel would go down into Egypt, slaves, they would be brought out of Egypt. Egypt a nation. And for hundreds of years, they were enslaved in the land of Egypt. And then one night, they were brought out. For hundreds of years, this promise was given. And suddenly, it was fulfilled. For seven days, they circled around this city named Jericho with walls that seemingly were impossible to bring down. They walked silently in obedient faith to God, day after day looking foolish because there was no sign of the fulfillment of this promise. And then day seven, they walk around at once Twice, three times, until they circled that city the seventh time, and then it was time to shout. And when they shouted, the promise was fulfilled, and suddenly walls fell to the ground. For thousands of years, it was promised that a Messiah would come. Thousands of years, thousands of prophecies, no sign of his coming, no glimpse of hope that the one that they had been looking for for millennia would ever step foot on this planet. And then one day, an angel came to marry an unassuming girl from a small town, a teenage girl that no Nobody knew God sent a message to her through the angel Gabriel and gave her a promise that humanity had been looking for for thousands of years. And he said, you will conceive and call this child Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And what humanity had been looking for for thousands of years had finally come to pass. The first coming of Jesus. And everyone had fair warning, but not everyone saw him when he came because the time between the promise given and the promise fulfilled had wear down the faith of God's people. And so when time came, only a remnant saw it. But it did not change the fact that God had given people a promise. But every time God's promises come to pass, they come to pass quickly. It seems like it takes a long time for them to come to pass because we are measuring God's promises based off of our calendar and our clock. But God never said to measure his promise. He said believe his promise because if he promised it, it is going to come to pass. If you believe that, why don't you praise him for a moment? Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, God. Soon, God's promises will come to pass. He had rose from the dead and appeared over to over 500 after his resurrection, showing himself alive by many undeniable proofs, giving indisputable evidence that he who was dead is now alive forevermore. And there were over 500 witnesses to this fact. And Jesus is ascending into heaven and he tells them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Ten days go by. And the number dwindles from 500 to 120. Meaning that the majority of the people who were given a promise from God were not present when the promise was fulfilled because the waiting game wore out their faith. 500 people could have and should have been in that upper room. But there were only 120. Because of a 10-day waiting period, we are to stay in this city and wait for the promise of the Father. And when the time came for the promise to be fulfilled... Acts chapter 2 tells us suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Time had moved on from the promise given to the promise fulfilled. But when it came to pass, it came to pass so quickly that those who had walked away did not have time to make it to that upper room. Suddenly, it was poured out. Suddenly, what they had been praying for came to pass. Suddenly, what they had been believing for, they were now witnessing. They were now recipients of because God's promises come to pass quickly. But it's not in measurement of time, but it's in the nature in which it is fulfilled. What you have been believing for For days, weeks, months, years, decades, God has given you a promise, but you see no sign of its fulfillment. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. That just means it hasn't happened yet. But when it happens it's gonna happen so quickly your head is gonna spin it's gonna happen so suddenly that you're gonna need to make sure you're here because when it happens it happens quickly do you believe that today worship the Lord praise him for the promise every one of these people every one of these examples Are of a promise given. And in the measurement of time, it took a long time. But in its fulfillment, it happened suddenly. So, how soon is soon? I don't know. Soon is left up to the interpretation of the promise giver and the promise receiver. Because the one who gives the promise, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. To the promise receiver, 25 years is a lifetime. 10 days is too long, so how soon is soon? Our job is not to measure the length of time between the promise given and the promise received. Because in that time, our faith can become so frail and we can begin to doubt the one who cannot lie. But if we will focus on the promise almost in such a way that we seem crazy, it will just seem like in a blink of an eye what God promised has come to pass. But how soon is soon, I can't tell you that, but I do know this, soon. Your promise that you have been holding on to for years will come to pass suddenly. What wore you out and wore you down for years, one day, suddenly, it's going to come to pass if you will not faint in this season of pursuing after what God has promised. One Sunday, you're here on a pew worshiping alone, and the next Sunday, you're family is beside you. One day you've been sick in your body for years, and the next Sunday you're completely whole. One day you're carrying this bitterness and bondage and weight, but the next day you're set free as you give yourself to God. One day you're struggling with an addiction. One day you're struggling with this habit that you can't seem to let go of. But one day you believe the promise giver that he can set you free. And that day, suddenly, instantly, you are set free. Because what you've been believing for, for years, it only takes Jesus one moment to fulfill. And suddenly, you're going to see it come to pass. Suddenly, what has tested your faith is now going to be evidence of your faith. Because suddenly, what he promised you, he has now fulfilled. Worship the Lord. Do not be weary in well-doing. Do not faint in this season of your faith. Keep your eye on the promise. Stagger not at the promise. Because if he took the time to promise it to you, in time it will be fulfilled. Do you believe that? Look at somebody and say, soon. I'm going to see my promise. Soon, those backslidden children are going to be in this place, back to God. Soon. That spouse that seems impossible is going to be next to you, worshiping God, a pillar in this church, reaching others soon. If you have a promise from God today, you just need to spend time while you're waiting, praising I don't have anything else to do while I'm waiting, so I'm just going to praise him. I can't control time, I can't speed it up, and I can't slow it down. So until God, who promised it to me, brings it to pass, I'm just going to praise him for what I know is about to happen soon. Let's worship the Lord for a minute. Clap your hands. Give him a shout of praise wave your hands, dance before the Lord, whatever you want to do, however you want to worship. There are some people in this place today, you're trying to figure it out. You can't figure it out. That's why it's called faith. You can write it all down you can try to study it but until you just simply believe that Jesus is the answer you won't be able to get past this hang up this hold up but what I want to end this message with today is The plowing and planting takes longer than the harvest. Uh, you got it. You got it. The plowing, that hard ground, takes more work than the harvest. The planting. The watering, the tears in your prayers, the desperation coming from your heart, the faithfulness and the commitment of your giving through your time, your finances, your faith takes more time, more effort than the harvest and what you have been praying for and believing for, working towards, striving for, and what seems like it's taking forever, when it's harvest time, it will happen quickly. It will happen suddenly. There was a 10-day prayer meeting In Acts chapter 2, that resulted in a 3,000 soul harvest in one day. What they prayed for, prepared for, for days came to pass in hours. Because plowing and planting takes longer than the harvest. I'm just going to tell you what I feel as I already shared this with you a couple months ago. We, tr- we always focus on the fulfillment of the prophecy and we forget the process of the prophecy. I told you the Lord said this building would be full and this can seat around 300 people and then I took it a step further because he took it a step further and said, the number represented in this building is a tenth of the harvest in this city, 3,000. But if you're going to have a 3,000 soul harvest, you and I must work towards that harvest with everything we've got. We must prepare for the harvest we expect. But when it happens, this building is going to be full faster than you think. Because one day, you're going to look around, and you're going to forget the years of toil because of how suddenly the promise was fulfilled. One day, you're going to look around and see your whole family saved and walking with God and all the pain you felt in this season is going to be but a distant memory because of how suddenly God fulfilled the promise he gave you. So how soon is soon I don't know but what I do know this is soon what you have been believing for is going to happen suddenly quickly and just as quick as the second coming of Jesus is, he is able to fill this building up just as quickly. It is possible in one day for them to be lined out the door. That is not something that is impossible. It is entirely possible soon, soon, everybody say soon. Soon you're going to see it. Soon you're going to see it. One month, one year, ten years. But when it happens, it's going to happen so suddenly that you're going to forget about the years that you waited because it won't matter anymore. So in this season we give ourselves to watching, praying, and preparing. Are you preparing for a 3,000 soul harvest? Because we're gonna need just about all of you to disciple 3,000 people. Are you digging deeper in your relationship with God? Are you praying with more purpose and passion? Are you digging into the Word of God to know it so that you can share it with somebody that's going to be sitting in these seats soon? It's going to happen. So watch it happen, pray for it to happen, and prepare for it to happen, and the day it happens, there's going to be such an explosion of celebration, just like they shouted, and the walls fell, and they possessed the city. When we get that victory, we will possess this city and see God do powerful things, and the good news is, it's going to happen soon. Soon. Let's worship the Lord and praise Him for a moment. Father, we love you, we glorify you, and we thank you. Why don't you stand right where you are and just take a moment and worship the Lord? We love you God, we praise you and we thank you God for what you're gonna do. We thank you God for every promise you've made each one of us. And God, we with a heart full of faith, believe that it will happen, we're looking for it to happen, we're praying for it to happen, we're preparing for it to happen. Jesus, we keep our eyes on you, we keep our faith filled for the promise, believing that what you have spoken will be fulfilled. We thank you, God, right now for every family member that's going to be sitting beside us. We thank you, God, for every seat in this place that will be filled. We thank you, God, for every person we're gonna reach in this city. We thank you, God, for it now. I do not Doubt what you have spoken because, God, you that have spoken it will bring it to pass because you do not say anything that you have no intention of fulfilling. And so we worship you and we glorify you in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise.